think nature gives you um you know energy and power and like the sun as much as you know like if it's a dark day you feel like a bit drowsy and if it's sunny you know it wakes you up but I also find that if you're out when it's raining um then it gives you another kind of like high because you're like wow actually that was super fun you know <laughs> and yeah. you're yeah and you can go in and have hot chocolate and you know and I have uh, you know uh, they say in forest school there's no such thing as bad weather it's only bad clothing mm-hmm. um <laughs> Hi, welcome to The Melrose Show. Melrose here. If you've listened to this intro before, you can click the forward button now eight times to get to the start of this episode. So before this version of myself, I was an artist, fashion designer, professional model, TV personality, small business owner, real estate agent, placement agent, and an institutional financial advisor, all before stepping into my current role, which I love in investor relations and podcasting professional. It was a wild ride to get here. And after all those jobs, living in six countries, 16 different cities, and trying on many versions of myself, I have found that the best place to live is comfortably in my purpose and in a space and a community that allows me and wants to see me grow. And I want the same for you through my highly versatile career path and working with others on their dreams along the way, I decided to start this podcast to try to help people understand that life is not a race, it's a marathon, career is not a ladder, it's a jungle gym, and that I really believe truly the best way in life is following curiosity. My curiosity has me focused on career, plants, shadow light and integration work, art, permaculture, and community building. These are my purposes in life. And for me, they all go together. They're topics that we will explore together throughout time on this podcast. And I come here to connect you to unique ideas from incredible people. The aim is to help us all grow more into our purpose-driven lives. This podcast supports a community of amazing humans that meet on full moons to howl and heal. We are a global community. Many are interviewed on this podcast. And I invite you to join us offline after the show. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this exploration journey with people from around the world who have self-actualized in their lives in some way. Hopefully, they will inspire you in your own authentic journey. Enjoy! Hey, everybody. Today, we are joined by Misty Cudahy. She is a placemaking professional and the founder of Eccentric. Eccentric offers project-based work across property, hospitality, and education. Her current project, which is a forest school called Kinship in Nature, is a fascinating startup, and we are excited to learn more. Thanks for joining us today, Misty. Hi, Sista. Hi, C-Star. Misty's also one of my best friends for many, many, many years now, like over a decade, well over a decade, <laughs> almost into two decades of best friendship. But Misty, you're one of the most fascinating friends that I have. 
if not the most fascinating. You're a total manifester. Everything you've ever talked about, you've done. And I would love for you to just give a little insight on your background and how you came to starting Kinship in Nature. Um, well, thank you for a very kind introduction. You're one of the best people in my life. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I mean, it, it's been a very long path to get to here. I mean, uh, and your history could literally be a six hour podcast. So <laughs> it's the cliff notes of your life to get you to where you are, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, How about that? I, I, I I started very young. I mean, I think my first ever job was um, I, I took my brother's um, paper round. We lived in South London, South East London at the time. And he must have been, I think like the legal age of something like 10. And so I was younger and he, he used to take a cut of his pay. I, I used to get paid, but he used to take a cut because I wasn't actually allowed the job. I think that was my first job when when I just actually like had to go and deliver the papers once once on Sundays once a week. Nine. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started um uh in in hospitality. Um I uh, lived in Mallorca in Palma and I used to work in the bars and restaurants because I speak um several languages and so that made me employable she speaks five languages <laughs> i i speak four, four fluently and i mean i guess i understand a few more yeah <laughs> okay sorry she speaks four languages <laughs> underachiever <laughs> um and yeah so i worked in the bar industry I think one of my first projects was um project managing a build of a restaurant that actually is still there um and I'm 40 and it was in 50 yeah I was 15 so 25 years ago and that, that was pretty cool going back um and and seeing it still open and serving people it's in a port in um Mallorca which is where the uh, Copa de Reyes comes into. And um, it's just so well designed and they built it um, with kind of a two, two um, tier port um, of, of shops and restaurants. So there's, a, you know, it's just, it's just beautiful and it's all perfect and very, very expensive. Um, so I couldn't afford to hang out there at, you know 16 so I decided to work um and uh yes and I love hospitality um you know um yeah so I put so the the, the kitchen team were German the managers were um Spanish and um the only language that everyone spoke was English I know they were Italian um and the only language that everyone spoke was um English um, but we were in Spain, um, so, you know, the contractors um, had to, they spoke Spanish, so that's, that. so my role was to kind of translate and get everyone on the same page, so it was quite a big job for the, like, a 16-year-old, um, but I did it, and I loved it, um, and, yeah, so I decided to do hotel management at university, skipping lots of other jobs in between, 
Um, and then I, um, yeah, actually ended up working in fashion, which is where I met you, Melrose. Um, I worked with a girl I went to school with, her name's Chloe Lonsdale, and she started a um, denim brand called MIH Jeans, um, made in heaven originally, um, but we came across some uh, copyright problems in America, which is um, we used to take the collection to sew her house in New York and um, yeah, sell, you know, have a house, bring all the samples um, and yeah, show all the buyers um, from Barney's to Intermix and yeah. Um, so what yeah. You for them? Pardon? I know what you did, but tell everyone what you did for them. What did I do for MIH Jeans? Um, well, I, la I launched it. I was um, brand marketing director. Mm -hmm. um, I worked there for five years. Um, we had no accounts. And by the time I left, we were in a lot of countries around the world, um, including the port I just said, actually, was talking about. We had a great stockist there. Um, and I went to, I did, New York, Paris, LA, um, and I also used to do um, Denmark, uh, Copenhagen Fashion Week, um, because I'd lived in Norway, and I, you know, we actually, we, we were the first to um, do high-waisted, skinny, clean jeans. Um, back then, it was all about rips and low-rise and heavy washes, and and we called it, so I was like, this is the new gene, it's come from Oslo, and so we called it the Oslo, and we also did the Paris, you remember the little crop gene, um, so yeah, I, I, and yeah, so I went around the world selling the collection. Um, made in heaven, how you had your moment with SJP? <laughs> my, oh yes, my SJP moment. I'll do um, SJP story. It's just, it, it's, yeah, everyone well, listening to this podcast wants to know what Sarah Jessica Parker said to you. Um, so I, I just I was in a meeting with Intermix, and they'd put an exclusive on a yellow cropped Paris jean with the with like a braided um built-in buckle uh, belt and buckle. It's it was super cool, and they were like, "It's not selling," and I'm like. Uh, yeah, hi guys, but you're Intermix. I'm, I'm just me, you know, English girl, come over. I did tell you when you bought the whole, you know, a whole line, I was buying fabric for it. So, um, you know, I don't know, put it on someone, put it on someone's butt that people like. And they were like, okay. Anyway, so I'm going back in a cab um, and I uh, and I see Sarah Jessica Parker on the street and I'm like you're joking me what <laughs> and I just like stop the cab just stop the cab and I like jumped out of the cab and I uh, uh, the yellow cab and um and and I just like ran up the street after her and I was just, like and I stopped her and I was like I'm really high I'm, you might think I'm crazy, but um, I've just been in this meeting with Intermix and I have this jean and I literally have this pair of jeans on me. And so they're obviously meant to be on your butt. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, that's so tough. And, and she, she told them, she asked more about the brand. She was super sweet. 
Um, and she was, and I said, well, you can buy them. She's like, I don't, I don't want to take them off you. You know, where, where can I buy them? And I was like, you're a small brand. And I was like, oh, they're an Intermix. And, um, and she was like, oh, there's one just around the corner. And I was like, yes, yes, there's one just around the corner. And, and she was like, no, don't worry. I'll go buy them. I promise. I promise. And I was like, okay. So I walk away. And then I'm like, come on, don't be stupid. When are you ever going to see Sarah Jessica Parker again? Like, give her the pair of jeans that's in your hand. So I like turn around and run back. <laughs> and I'm like, look, please. It would literally make my day, my year, my month, please have this pair of jeans. Like, and we worked so hard. Imagine, like, Sarah Jessica Parker is our, like, idol, right? <laughs> um, so uh, I just, I was just like, you have to have them. And she was like, thank you, thank you. You didn't have to give them to me. I would have bought them. And I was like, don't worry, thank you, thank you. Please just have them. That'll, that'll be the best thing ever. And so she, she did. She just took them. And I kind of ran around the corner to the Intermix store to tell them my story because I was so excited because Sarah Jessica Parker, like I've watched Sex and the City a million times. I mean, I even have had a Vivian Westwood wedding dress. I mean, <laughs> I'm a fan. Um, fan. Um, <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And um, she talked about you in an interview. No, so then I like tell Intermix and then um and, and and I told obviously my girlfriends in New York they're like you didn't do that and I was like I promise you you I did and then I was in Palma on my birthday and one of my girlfriends she called me and she said um Misty you know that story you told me and I was like what she was like I don't know how but check out the front page of the New York Times and I was like what and she's like check out the front page of the New York Times and on a um, magazine and it was um, SJP doing the interview for like the movie and and um, so I didn't realize it at the time but um, she uh, she was with a journalist from the New York Times I was just so overexcited I didn't I remember the woman but she didn't say anything and I just <laughs> smiled at her and um yeah and anyway so you open the, the this you open this interview and it's quite it's the main feature she's on the front cover and uh, it starts with me this story of me <laughs> running along the street and saying hi and um she calls me all types <laughs> all types <laughs> in new york and um <laughs> and and yeah sjp um then they referred to me throughout it as pinwheels which then became my nickname because your eyelashes are so long <laughs> <laughs> and that, that that was uh yeah so that is my sjp story i can't believe I'll just this podcast we can all die happily now that somebody had such an amazing interaction with SJP. So, I mean, that is just like, that is actually a really good lesson because, you know, it, um, it, it was like, I, so I, le I, I learned so much working for MIH and with Chloe and Carl. And, and um, your favorite fit model, Melrose. 
and my wonderful fit model but Melrose yeah she's amazing she's the perfect fit model and she's got really long legs and a perfect bum yeah <laughs> um so yeah all of our photos just look great our lookbooks were brilliant well um, you just tell everybody when we met our the third roommate we had was um, a publicist so between the three of us you know, I got paid in clothes regularly. So I would just bring duffel bags of clothes back to London with me. We, you would not leave our house without the perfect outfit. You always had a hat, a scarf, a bag, the perfect shoes, the perfect pants or skirt, like the best coat, like we killed it. We, I, I, you know, the other day it was our wedding anniversary and it's the first time I like, wasn't, I didn't have to do bath time. So I like went upstairs and I like, got dressed you know and like put on different shoes and do you remember the ones I bought when I was really really pregnant on eBay the acne one yeah. um pony ones I mean they're incredible and I wore them and I think I've been thinking about wearing them for like two years <laughs> she has three three babies her third is Aura Clover who is my goddaughter and um she's a total manifester I mean I feel like we have so far to go to get from Made in Heaven to um, in Japan, yeah. which we do, but I will say that there, you know, we're having a different kind of fun in life right now. All my dolls and all my Barbies that I have gathered over the years. Cause everyone has little kids now. Um, but it's funny because we do all still love to get dressed up. You know, and we love being, you know, at the base of it. Yeah, we, and dancing because yeah. um, we all started I, as fashion girls and we always went out and danced. I mean, every night we went out and danced. So every night we were like, where's the best DJ? I mean, we had the best DJ with us, our man. Yeah, we also had a DJ that lived with us. So <laughs> well, I was the one living with that. Let me just make that clear. Um, <laughs> Melrose lived, lived um, because I was never there, Melrose basically, and one of us was never there. Melrose was basically lived with us. It's all in the book. They'll all read about it in the book. Let's talk about you. So you left Made in Heaven. Do you want to talk about leaving Made in Heaven or do you want to just jump into um, Morton's? Yeah, so then, um, no, yeah, so then I went, yeah, I went uh, um, from there. I went home for a bit to Palma. Um, and then I... Um, got offered a job in Mayfair um, with um, by David Wim Morgan, who is like my adopted godfather and uh, my best guy friend's papa. Um, and he's like a living legend. He's the head of PR for Annabelle's um, with Mark Burley. And he still works with Robin Burley at um, Five Hartford Street. Um, yeah, and he, called me and he said I've got a project and he'd obviously seen everything I did with Made in Heaven um and he he said so you know you have a um a hospitality degree do you want to use it <laughs> and I said sure what, what 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 what's the project and he said um so there's a gentleman called Marlon Abella and he has a chain of um Michelin star restaurants but he also owns a members club and um you know I was like okay I love meeting people give me a <laughs> give me a members club in Mayfair that sounds quite cool okay so I went to meet Marlon and um Patrick Wallace and 
David Son and Dre and um, yeah, and kind of had a massive interview. And then, yeah, I got the job and- um, And you were actually changing from a men's only club to co-ed basically. Yeah, so I was really fun, yeah. So I got lots of um, incredible um, women on the board. Um, Donna Ida, who is the queen of denim and started Donna Ida when I was at Made in Heaven and we worked, we've all, we're still really good friends and, but we worked closely on kind of helping each other. I believe in like partnerships and the more partnerships you have with like-minded brands, um, the, you know, I think that's a really big thing that I do with Eccentric is about partnerships and, um, you know, ch- channeling different, um, uh, if it, you, you grow better when there's more of you. Um, and, and so, you know, us Golden Girls, which we, there was a group of us <laughs> who went to Morton's in like the nicest part of London in Mayfair. And we were so on Barclay Square, which is um, uh, the Nightingale sang in Barclay Square. It's like where the oldest oak trees in London is planted, you know, pretty cool. We would just finish our, my, I would finish my castings and go and get a free bottle of champagne and then meet all these incredible people and then go to the disco that she created downstairs because why not and then we would just dance i mean we had the best that was those were the best day we had so much fun there are different days so much days. fun and marlon is like and he he he's known i mean he he has an incredible wine collection mm. and oh, yeah. um morton's was basically his you know house um on barclay square that was fully catered and you know he liked the car everywhere it was incredible I mean the artwork yeah so I, I also project managed that um uh in terms of all the rebranding and um and yeah putting together all the membership packs and website and um I worked with the interior designers so that you know we had photo shoots and yeah it was uh, just decided on where the, how the operational layout would be um so yeah the the the, the job when I was 15 actually really was helpful um, so you never know when when it might you know might be useful so you might as well try everything um I'm gonna yeah. jump I'm gonna jump through a few things just because I want to get to like the the core now <laughs> yeah so after that she went to Playboy Club in London which I maybe you should tell one more story about your mom being a bunny but she, Missy was little, she lived in the Playboy house because her mom was a bunny, there you go. And um, then she ended up doing head of marketing when Playboy um, reopened in um, London. And then she- On Park Lane, but a little bit further down than the original club, which was um, closed down um, earlier because yeah, that's another story, carry on. And then, and then you were a creative director for another private club, 50 St. James. And then you were married and having, you bought, you found like your dream house. And then you, by the miracle, which you are, figured out how to get it. And then you renovated it. And so it's opposite, opposite of forest. And I think that's what changed our lives. Yeah. From then on. Yeah. And just the way that she found it, she they were on a bus going to a wedding, right? And then you just saw this house. Going was- to our wedding to like, yeah, we kept going to our wedding and we kept going past this huge green space just 
like five minutes drive from Stratford International, which is where London had the Olympics in 2012. And this was in 2011, early 2011, we were kept driving past. And I was like, oh my goodness, look at that house. Like it's opposite a park in London. So we looked up how much, because the park just keeps going and going. It's it's, it's like the largest park in London. Um, and, and it's a forest, so it's, uh, you know, the, uh, if you go a 20 minute bike cycle, you can see trees, which you need at least three people to hold hands, um, you know, to hug it, um, and more if they're little people. So it's the largest, it's a, it's a forest, so it's the largest. Yeah, Epping Forest, it's also, it's also under the um, Queen's um, project, which is in all the Commonwealth, um, uh, She's, she, they, for her birthday, she asked them to dedicate um, a piece of forest to, to her that they could never build on. Um, and Epping Forest is the one that she has um, put um, for the project too. So now you own a house on a forest that's owned by the queen and protected, which yeah. is, I mean, it, this woman, everybody has just manifested the most amazing things. But with that being said, you, the area Forest Gate is a little rough and so yeah um, at this time really rough and all my friends in West London are like where the hell are you going because right, I moved West Side uh, girls. But, <laughs> yeah. but you uh, but what you did which is really cool is you started something called Corner Kitchen it's a pizzeria and downstairs because you had little kids you built an area where like your kids could play on this like fake grass with a bunch of toys while you sat around and then all these other moms in the area started flocking there and all of a sudden you were running a 250 woman like mothers group in your town in your town and and everyone else just started opening up all these cool little places and now there's actually all these cool little places in your town so you actually raise the home value significantly by improving the neighborhood yeah with, with that uh, yeah that's i mean um yeah that's that that was that was an interesting thing to see whether that would happen through hospitality um, and i want to do a whole episode talking about that to be honest <laughs> but i want to talk about what you're doing now so, so yeah so now basically when i was yeah so i um i had um atlas uh when uh i got the key uh, atlas was three months or my first was three months when I got the keys for Corner Kitchen. Um, and um, so I project managed the builds with a three month old strapped to me. Um, and anyway, yeah, I'll forget this story. Okay, and basically I was, <laughs> I, there was a Facebook thread with a group of mums and they were asking about forest school and I lived in Norway and like going outside, you should just do it all the time. And so I, I was like, okay, well, I live in a forest. I'd really like to get, you know, go to a forest school. And we looked around and there wasn't anywhere, anywhere. So we decided that we should get a teacher and start one. Um, fast forward four years. Um, we now um, we we now have a forest school called Kinship and Nature, and actually my business partner is the lead forest school facilitator that we hired um, when we were a group of mums um, uh, starting it. But it's just really evolved, and everything about being in forest school and having done it for so long and being outside regularly. Um, 
in nature has kind of changed my life and edu and I'm actually now studying to be a forest school leader as well and yeah it's just taught me so much about children and education and yeah and so that's kind of the direction my uh, life is in at the moment. And so what actually is it? So it's a class. Is it a one hour class that you do in nature with your kids? Like, yeah, so Forest, Forest School has um, is, is kind of uh, a bit uh, that, you know, like Montessori, it's the type of um, education. Um, and the, there are six principles. And the main one is that it's child led. Um, so you're not teaching them anything that you're following their curiosity and then facilitating that but um not actually directing it um well you're directing it in, in the fact that you are actually kind of like a composer and um but at the same time you're just following them around that makes so sense they'll be like what is this and you're like let's talk about leaves you know like, well yeah more like touch it so you you know get them to feel their senses mm -hmm. um you know see it where did it you know if you see an acorn on the floor like oh my goodness where did it come from and yeah. and then they'll like look up and oh um and and then if you see one with you know a, a bite in it oh I wonder who ate that and they'll be like a naughty cheeky cheeky squirrel um and you know that they um yeah so it's it's more it's more like that it's child-led but you're facilitating and um and the main other thing is I think longevity because you're seeing the seasons change and you're in them mm -hmm. and by experiencing that you're just learning so much without even trying just playing you know also you have to think so we work with children who well newborns all the way up to the age of 10 we have several different classes um and offerings um but yeah, you, you really see children who maybe didn't even like playing in mud, you know, um, because we're in London. <laughs> and the first week, they'll just like go, oh, my goodness, my hands are dirty. I don't want to touch it. And then you'll see them over the time also just really want to touch it and play with it. And children need to learn to actually balance and understand their movement and their body. So being out in nature, which, you know, has uneven ground and trees to climb and things to fall against you know you have to become aware of um your surroundings I love that and one story you told me I feel like it was a few months ago um when you guys like didn't know what you were going to do during COVID I guess like maybe I think the parents were like um so the kids are all going back to school but like we still want to keep going to nature class <laughs> Like the parents are really starting to identify. Oh, oh yeah, so that's exactly, yes, no, exactly. So we, we, I mean, as much as I have found a benefit to my well-being, I think, you know, I had a restaurant, three, three children under four. Um, so whether you know it or not, you're, you're, you're experiencing, you know, quite a full-on lifestyle with those two things. So, you know, it was unbelievably good for my mental health. And actually, I think, you know, physical health as well to just have this project which meant I was always out in nature you know and uh yeah and just uh it, it, I think I think you're I think nature gives you um you know 
energy and power and like the sun as much as you know like if it's a dark day you feel like a bit drowsy and if it's sunny you know it wakes you up but I also find that if you're out when it's raining um then it gives you another kind of like high because you're like wow actually that was super fun you know <laughs> and yeah. you're yeah and you can go in and have hot chocolate and you know and I have uh, you know uh, they say in forest school there's no such thing as bad weather it's only bad clothing mm-hmm. um and I cycle across um the forest Wanstead Flats um every day to drop my eldest son off to school um and uh yeah so I I I, I actually and I think what last year only one day I didn't I have an electric cargo bike from fully charged and all three fit in it um and yeah but it's also like a big sail so if it's too windy it, <laughs> you don't really you like go too fast so I think there was one day in 365 days when I didn't cycle to school so that was pretty good well not 360 yeah yeah but so but you you were noticing I think you said you told me like you were noticing like that the other parents were also getting similar reactions to being out there with you and um I think it's very true when I was 18 I read this book called the Celestine Prophecy and it teaches you that like you know what people try to vampire each other's energy because they think that energy is limited but all you have to do is go out in nature and like stare at a tree and yeah. you're literally able to get energy off of other living things or even the sky you know you can get gather energy from um well I totally believe that and and that yeah I mean a hundred percent and um so we've been doing a nature connection course um during lockdown um yeah, with 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 my team um so I'm no nature expert by the way I just as as you said uh, as I said like this is a new um career move for me um educate outdoor education forest school education um child-led education and um I um sorry I forgot my chain of thought nature connection Oh, oh yeah so we yeah so we've been doing a, a nature connection course which is a 28 day nature connection course with a gentleman called John Young and Malcolm put, I'll send you the link yeah. um and um you basically should do it in a community because the idea is um connecting not you know to nature but we are nature so you're also connecting to each other and story sharing is a really important part of it um, we actually had a call this week on, and you know I've been doing admin and I was like oh my goodness so much work to, I've got to do all the washing and then I was just like no I've got to do the call and you know it just really grounded us all to hear each other's stories and check in with each other and reflection is also a really big part of forest school and I find that um, I think probably everyone during lockdown has had that time to um, you know reflect and um, like you said we yeah we, we we feel that you know company culture is actually what we're experiencing with team at the moment is just quite a magical thing and I think you know I told you we've been looking into B Corps um and um yeah it's really interesting to actually set your foundations um with thinking about the B Corp questions because they make you think about just really everything you know how do you want to communicate that how do you want to um look after the world but how do you want to look after each other and what are your social responsibilities um and you know one thing I decided was 
um, to cut our classes in half during lockdown because um, we were using our site too much. And so obviously weighing up profitability and um, your imprint on the planet, you know? So yeah, it's really it's a really interesting project um, in, in, in that sense because I think, um, yeah, company culture is just going to be so important now that we don't have offices and how, how are we going to, how are we going to navigate that? And yeah, I think what we're doing is really special and is definitely bringing us close and without, yeah, in, a, in just such a positive way. Um, yeah. If somebody hears what you're talking about and how amazing this is and like, they're like, well, I live by Parker. I want to do this for my kids or my community. Is there a way for them to kind of like get started on creating their own nature school? Do you guys help other people do that? How could somebody go about having a career doing what you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, definitely get in touch. I am more, more than happy to help people. We're actually looking at a project that we may um, do with one of our um, kinship, one of our kinfolk, one of our team. Um, and because obviously we, by making that decision, we still want more more people to um, to experience forest school and the benefits that it has. Um, so yes, yeah. please get in touch. Um, but in terms of doing it, I mean, you what we did is we actually hired someone who already had their level three. I'm actually studying for my level three now. I'm going to my first aid course tomorrow, um, outdoor first aid course, which is like two days. Um, but you know, you can just hire someone and then see see how it develops, like we did. I think you know that's a really good lesson is that you should all always just try something don't seek for perfection I mean we we basically just changed our whole website this week again <laughs> um you know it's just about get when you when you look at your b corp or like uh, or that kind of things and all the things that we're actually doing but without we hadn't stated them anywhere so put down your values and you know do what you do in life um you should do that in life too put down your values and your goals and reflect on them um, and that's what we've been doing over this time. And do you, I mean, maybe what's, what would be good for you guys is to have like a course online for people who want to start their own nature or forest schools and, you know, you could walk them through the process. You'd be so good at that. Um, that's a great idea. <laughs> Thank you for that revenue stream because at the moment you know what, we are voluntary. <laughs> through talking to people on this podcast and through just being involved in self-betterment or doing activities that I truly enjoy and wanting to become better at them. I'm drawn to classes and courses online and, and we're doing so much online that we might as well be doing things that we find really interesting and a lot of value to our lives, especially with people who have a good outlook on things like you do and who, who can make things happen for real. Yeah, well, you know, my favorite other thing to do online is our um, goddess circles um, because yeah they're unbelievably inspiring and just again make you reevaluate and just uh, yeah just uh, we I've heard so many great stories they're super inspiring um, and just they they've your your podcasts and your circles have really helped me to kind of figure out because 
yeah, it's just, <laughs> I'm in a, it's a new path for me. Um, I closed Corner Kitchen last year. Um, so yeah, it's been really good. You've been unbelievably helpful to, uh, yeah, you, I love our, I love our, I love our sea star circles. And thank you so much for doing them. I know how much work you put into it, but they are so good. And the energy that's coming from it is just magical. It is a lot of work, but what I will say is it's very rewarding in the sense that it's finally taking some shape. And I think we too mm -hmm. could, could have a way for people to get online and figure out how to do this for their own network of women, how to connect mm -hmm. each other. You know, now we've got each podcast guest, you know, we have a new podcast that comes out every week. And so the new and full moon are every two weeks. So we have the two podcast guests that were that, you know, in that moon. We have them come and talk to the circle of women and the women listen to the podcast and they come with questions and it's really fun and cool. And, and everyone just really deep down wants to help each other and see each other. So how, yeah, it's so true. I think and people self-actualize, which is what I feel like, you know, what self-actualizing is like, it's like when you've done five or six or 10 or two things and they all kind of come together for this one other thing, which I feel like you're really there. You know, this really seems so natural for you. I feel, do you feel self-actualized in this role? Oh my goodness. Yeah, so much. Um, yeah, I can't believe a litter pick led to, um, <laughs> led to me studying and because uh, I kind of promised myself I wouldn't study again. I really hate writing essays. Like it's a mental block for me, but. but that's um, you have to be interested in the topic yeah exactly but I still think there's a slight fear of you know someone grading you and not passing you can't tell I'm nervous about tomorrow <laughs> no but I, I you're somebody who does excel I mean I think if you're not getting a little bit of butterflies you're not you know you're too comfortable um yeah do you what do you think are the important steps for maybe someone who's starting out in their career path who like doesn't know what they want to do or they're like I want to be self-actualized at some point you know, was your advice to stay open and try lots of things or? Yeah, I definitely think, you know, just that's, I mean, I've tried everything from, you know, fashion, property, hospitality. Um, I love all of them. I guess that's what they have in common. So just try different things in lots of different um, businesses. And I think like Mauro said, that the world's changing. So there's so much information you can get online. I've done a coaching course over lockdown. I've done um, a, yeah, I've been following Annie Rideout, who's got great um, tips on the Rebora. Um, and yeah, just, just really kind of reflecting and trying to figure out where to go um where, where the next path is um you know um uh, I I'm also a full-time mom you know I have two two little people um and yeah I I think just getting the balance right um put, putting down your goals like if I'm on, I, I wouldn't think I was achieving if I wasn't actually spending time with them so you know make sure you put time in your diary um for things that are you like whether that's a walk or to go to the gym or whatever it is just make sure you have you time I think that's super important to keep um yeah it's that's been really good for me because otherwise I just if I don't put it in my diary I just won't think about myself even so um yeah you need well, to do that, that. Was this thing in this book called the art of loving where he talks about how everyone needs like 
the mother figure in their life, whether it's like you basically, after your parents are a certain age, you have to like be your, your best version of your mother and your best version of their father for yourself. So give yourself unconditional and conditional love. But what he says is that like a, a mother who doesn't take time for herself and care about herself before she starts mothering is not doing anyone favors because then she becomes a martyr. Then she, you know, is toxic. She's not healthy. And it's really hard to love other people if you're not really giving yourself that, that self time. Yeah. And I, ha I definitely had to learn that, you know, um, I know. I mean, how can you do, you can only do so much Misty. Yeah. You can only do so much. Exactly. But I obviously when I was younger and didn't have, uh, three people that needed me I could you know work I mean I still I still work crazy out a, cra a crazy amount but yeah I think you have to also oh, work hard yeah. like you have to enjoy your work because you do actually you know have to do it if you're gonna do it <laughs> you've actually always all those roles that we talked about you've always like really gone to work with a smile I mean seriously we partied until like three in the morning and you'd be at work at I know I was always there at like Never I don't know I was there for breakfast at 8 a.m <laughs> so it's that I was fed but I will say that you are somebody who I think the reason one of the reasons you have so much energy is because you're not going to do things that you don't want to do and, yeah um like you're fine and even and even more so now like I've definitely I, I I I used to say yes to everything as you know Melrose you know our month not um <laughs> our month not eating in the house I mean um so we had yeah a outside of the house for a month it was amazing we met like seven thousand people <laughs> and <laughs> went to the best parties uh yeah that was just just reminiscing of that so you know life's slightly different but I have learned to say no and not feel like I'm missing out um which was you know my massive fear <laughs> my real turning point was when I realized I used to get really upset if I like put all this makeup on and like went out and like didn't come home like a mess and then there was a turning point for me where I was like, if I come home and my makeup looks like I just put it on, I've had a successful night, which means I didn't yes. have to do it. And I was so proud of myself to like flip it. You Finally realized that. <laughs> you so upset is now actually a, a, a marker at, for my success of that evening. So that says a lot about my character and how far I've come everybody. But um, different to our nights at the box. What what would be maybe some like resources for people who are interested in nature careers, forest careers, kid leading education careers? Would you have like books, podcasts, films, some, things that you can kind of direct people to? And then what's your website? Um, so I watched something on Netflix, which is called The Octopus Teacher. And it really is an incredible, um, so having done the Nature Connection course with John Young, I'm not finished and I've actually gone back a few steps just to make sure I am on track. Um, but it, um, it, it just shows you how we can connect to nature in such an unbelievably special way. So I highly recommend, it's just an hour long and it's well worth watching. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, the FSA, which is the Forest School Association, that has lots of information on it. Um, and uh, yeah, do the John, John Young course. He's incredible human. Well, um, and he shares it, he shared it for free um, for lockdown. So, you know, there's no excuses. Um, and how can people find you if they want to reach out? 
www.kinshipandnature.com. Perfect. I'll, yeah. as usual, I'll have like her LinkedIn and Instagrams and stuff all on the, in the description, but um, I just want to thank you so much for your time and ask you if there's anything that I didn't ask that I should have or anything else you want to say. Um, well, I've folded all the washing while I've been on, 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 on our podcast. Um, so that's multitasking for you. Um, and um, I just love you and thank you for asking me. And I hope there was something interesting um, that people can take from it. And yeah, I, uh, I have a good weekend, my beautiful. You too. And, you know, honestly, thank you so much for, you know, having such a wild career path that brought you to such an like a weekend mission. I love that you're doing this. I think it really suits you. And I, I'm just so well, I, I Misty Twig, remember? So it was like I was, it was actually the thing. The whole time, Misty. I know. Who knew? I told Nick I had to change back from Misty Cudahy. Sorry. Misty Twig. <laughs> social name but your husband <laughs> is like the world's best husband so I think you should honor his last name <laughs> I, I love you both dearly I love the kids I am so excited that you've been like co-hosting the goddess circles with me I'm so grateful to finally have you on here we are going to do more sessions with Misty we want to do one on um the idea of failures and we want to do one on the idea of um uh I like to say the word fictive kinship which is you know, this idea of, you know, your family that you create for yourself. I consider Misty to be a truly a sister of mine. And I'm just so grateful for you. I love you. Thank you. And I can't Thank wait you. to be able to find, you know, finish building this teleporter so I can come and visit you anytime. I can't believe we haven't, uh, we haven't invented it yet. Seriously, we need to get cleverer. <laughs> Anyone, any quantum physicists out there who want to share your ideas, I'm down. Please. We really need teleportation and COVID more than ever before. So true. Nothing in this podcast is a recommendation. Hey, all you sea stars, goddesses, naiads, and Neptunes, aka the paradisiacs who care about the important stuff. I hope you all found some inspiration today, and I hope to have your beautiful souls back for our next episode. This podcast supports a beautiful group of humans who gather on full moons, and to find a link for Howl and Heal and for our website with these episodes, details, and blog, head to themelroshow.com. You can also connect with me on IG at Melrose Wild or at the Melrose Podcast. Again, this is Melrose. I hope after you listen to this conversation, you feel some magic brewing in your own destiny. Thank you for listening and please subscribe or follow us to get updates on new episodes. And if you love this podcast, the best compliment is to rate us with five stars and maybe leave a little love note about how this podcast might be helping you. Have a wonderful day and may the forces of wholeness and growth be with you all.